Hello listeners, we are the Hermit Social Club FTC Robotics Team 12675 and welcome to Hermitology. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Varun and this is Aditya and we are hosting today's episode. Today we have some very special guests with us t- for today's podcast. All the way from Fairfax, Virginia, it's FTC Robotics Team 16598 Rebel Robotics. Oh, hey, my name is Dhruv, uh, Dhruv Batra. I'm the previous team captain of uh, Rebel Robotics. Uh, so now, since I'm graduating, I'm transitioning more into a mentor role. Hi, I'm Ricky Chong, the current uh, team captain of Rebel Robotics. Hello, I'm Omar Uslu. I am one of the engineering leads of Rebel Robotics. Hello, I'm Amit Panchal. I'm the other en- engineering lead of Rebel Robotics. <laughs> Okay, so first, how do you organize an off-season schedule? Well, during off-season, we use uh, Slack, a communication platform on our phones and PC, to uh, communicate during season and off-season. You know, that's how we share any like plans, updates, or any events as a team, and organize ourselves. Sometimes, and- yeah, we use social media to notify and communicate using our team official team accounts. And uh, how has Slack been going for you? Pros and cons? Any? Uh, not really any cons. I mean, it's uh, we can just use it on our phones and our computers. It's easy to communicate, upload uh, photos or share, uh, share files. Yeah, right. we can even host our uh, video call meetings on Slack by just putting a Google Hangouts call in there. That's nice. Quite convenient. Um, how large is your guys' team? It's, it's relatively large. Uh, we have some members, of course, who are more active than others. Yeah. Um, uh, of course, uh, if we're talking about size in general, you would have to take into account, like, turnout for events, mm-hmm. which I would close around, like, I guess, eight or nine people, sometimes less, sometimes more. Okay. Yeah, decent-sized team. And uh, what do you guys do for team bonding while you guys are away from each other? Oh, for team bonding? Well, before, we used to hang out at a local uh, bowling center near school, and that's where we used to hang out and do some team bonding. But for now, to maintain social distancing, uh, we play video games such as you know, uh, Minecraft or Ark Survival to collaborate and you know, uh, enjoy working together. And just keeping in touch. Are you doing anything productive during this time of social distancing? Yeah, we're uh, keeping busy, um, especially, so we have to stay apart, so what we're doing is we kind of like split up tasks, and everyone's doing their own little part, so part of that is we've been printing uh, personal protective equipment, so uh, a couple members of the team bought 3D printers, the Ender 3s, when they were on sale, so we've been 3D printing face shields, and then some of the members that don't have 3D printers, they've been um, hand-suing face masks. Amit, do you want to talk about the uh, face shields that you've been printing? Uh, okay. So I was the second member of the team to buy a 3D printer. I bought it specifically to print out the face shields, but of course I have other uses for it. But um, uh, we've gotten to where we have around uh, a couple thousand masks already, but sorry, face shields already printed out, and uh, we've been donating them to hospitals. Um, the the there's a member that it was his idea to do this. He's not he's not here with us today, but um, yeah, it, uh, we needed his leadership to help us figure out how we're gonna donate all these face shields. 
And for all the people who have never 3D printed before, can you describe like the process of getting into 3D printing? Is it difficult or is it relatively straightforward? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You don't need to know how to use CAD software in order to get into 3D printing. There's plenty of online libraries with um, different files on them. Like, and you just have to grab a file and uh, put it into a slicer, which kind of um, converts it, the, your, the file into a form a printer can read. And then you just have to upload it to the printer and you know the printer just takes care of it. It's, it's really straightforward, um, depending on which printer you're using. Obviously, FTC is not only about robotics, it's about interacting with the community. And during this time, it's a little bit hard to. How do you interact with the community during this time? Well, I mean, we've... Oh, Elmer, do you want to talk about the uh, STEM Skills Week we've been doing? So, yeah. Yeah, I was just going to get to that. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Uh, so, one of the large things we've been doing to interact with the community is uh, we've been hosting a bunch of workshops and kind of crash courses into some specific STEM-related uh, fields. We've had, as Drew mentioned, STEM Skills Week, which is basically a, basically a series of courses where each of us teaches uh, different courses based on our own specialties. So, for example, I taught aerospace mechanics and basic CAD for middle and elementary schoolers. And Drew taught Onshape, which is more advanced CAD. So we've been uh, working with the community by kind of spreading uh, the knowledge and interacting with them through STEM as a medium for, um, like I said, community interactions. Right, and our most popular courses so far have been the uh, Python workshops that we've been running and the Practical Ethical Hacking one. Yeah. I like that. I like how you guys are using your skills to uh, teach the community. And uh, I know we uh, talked about STEM a little bit. Um, Dhruv, has, has FIRST inspired you in any way? I know, I know you said you're graduating. Has it inspired maybe your career choice, your major choice? Definitely. Um, so I, I've known that I've wanted to go into engineering for quite a while now. But the problem is I didn't know which field I wanted to go to. But what's great about FIRST is, you know, you get a little, you know, the taste of everything. You know, there's computer science, mechanical, electrical. Yeah, so I got to try out a lot of different things. And ultimately, I settled on mechanical with, um, you know, maybe a slight, um, maybe getting a minor in computer science or something. But I'm definitely going to be pursuing robotics in the future. So I'm very thankful to that I got to participate in the first program. Okay. So as you may know, the first LEGO League has announced that next season is going to be completely virtual. How strongly do you feel about next season for FTC? Well, I mean, FTC is all about the atmosphere. So having a virtual competition kind of would be a letdown. Like, it, it, you're not interacting with other people. Because half of for FTC is just, like, being with your team and bonding over the robot, right? So if you're just making it into a CAD competition, then the burden is going to ultimately fall on like the couple members of the team that are really good with CAD. Like if we do something entirely virtual, then we ha we're going to have to make an effort to make sure everyone knows how to use CAD, which is a good thing. But um, there, even if some someone who's new to CAD just is going to fall behind the people who are more experienced and they're going to end up doing more of the, of the load. And then they're going to be the only ones that are going to end up learning. But um, yeah. I do see why they would do this. It's just more affordable, but 
still, I mean, I'm a little iffy on this. Yeah, like I agree. Said, it's kind of about the ecosystem that's being lost here. Yeah. Like, especially in the high pressure moments and high stakes competitions, you lose some of that energy that you have, especially if you're just sitting at home submitting a CAD project. It doesn't have the same energy that you would have at a tournament when everyone's hyped about the robot doing something incredible. Yeah, have you? Uh, no, no. Okay. So, have you heard about uh, what MTI is doing? The, how they're going virtual? No, no. I haven't heard about that. Okay. So, they're just asking for like a video of your robot and then they're doing a virtual interview. So, like, as you said, that's like nothing like a real in person competition. Yeah. There's like no anticipation. It's, yeah. There's no robot to robot interaction like that normally occurs in first events. Not only that, you lose the connection with the community that you get otherwise. Yeah. Not only that, like, the community that's being built at the competitions as well is kind of being diminished. I'm, I'm really concerned for the, the new teams that are coming into FTC this year because this is going to, honestly, it's going to be so much bore, more boring, in my opinion, the t a virtual competition, because you build up, build up um, f and work for months on a project, you, and then you go to competition, and there's nothing there. So I'm worried that a lot of first-year teams are just going to quit FTC after this year. Right, and then recruitment is also going to be really hard as well because when yeah. someone's new to FTC, like worst comes to worst, they're just tinkering, they're just messing around with the different parts, trying to put things together, and then yeah. they learn as they go. But if it's all CAD and these are entry level like freshmen and they don't have these skills, then they're going to get bored really quick. So much of the appeal of first robotics is like taking your idea from paper and seeing it as a physical thing in front of you like pulling something from your imagination. And now that aspect is kind of gone. Yeah, definitely. But everyone's been talking about the engineering portion and getting new uh, recruits. But for this next season, we've been kind of uh, concerned about the funding. So every year since the team's uh, been established, we've hosted a summer camp. It, it We usually yield about $2,000 from it. But this year, because of the pandemic we had to do it virtual that's what we we're talking about with the stem skills week we didn't get anything from that right so, this is just, yeah that was just all volunteering because we can't charge for an online course especially if we're not having people interact with you know the different robotics components and stuff so if it's a free course we can't charge for that uh so yeah and because of the the economic situation in mainly in the, the states we've been scared to ask from money from sponsors because oh no yeah i doubt a lot of a lot of the sponsorship opportunities are down now because just the departments that usually handle the, the hr departments aren't aren't up anymore everyone's just at home yeah and, so even our existing sponsors we're concerned about asking them for another round of funding for the upcoming year because we're afraid if we ask now they're going to say no whereas if we like wait a few months it's a maybe, you know. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be another huge problem for first-year teams because they depend so heavily on funding, the initial funding to get them started. Yeah, and potential sponsors are going to try avoiding, like, maybe putting money where they're not going to... Putting money where they're not controlling how it's moving. Yeah. They're going to be a bit hesitant to move money around like that. Yeah. Have you guys considered maybe hosting some kind of fundraiser? I know our team... Uh, made face masks and sold them and raised $500. Have you guys considered anything like that? During this school year, um, 
we we uh sold a bunch like I sold donuts for a few days after school. Mm-hmm. We we made a a couple hundred dollars. I was surprised, but yeah, that's usually what we do. We have um just either like uh what's the word concessions. Yeah, Event. yeah. That's, that's yeah. usually just what we tell. But mm-hmm. concessions at school, they're mostly for like outreach so we can reach out to potential new members. We don't get that much money from them, maybe like 300, 400 per year, which yeah. I mean, it's a lot, but like not in the scope of, you know, parts and entry fees for competitions. Yeah. When a control hub costs $300, one sponsorship is on one control hub is all it takes to wipe out the money from a sponsorship. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys feel about the new control hub? Have you guys uh, played around with it, tested it, anything? Uh, no, we have. We've been using the old expansion hubs. We we can't afford the upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> that's a primary concern of ours coming into next season. For sure, right. for sure. That's what we're like, also considering too. Like we wiped our bank accounts to enter the state championship last year. Like we yeah. were concerned that we weren't going to have enough, and we, like we can't even buy a servo at this point. Oof, that's pretty bad then. Yeah. yeah. We're working on it, though. Like, interactions with the community and outreach events, like Drew said, are really bu- uh, building our bond with our ecosystem, our atmosphere around us. So hopefully when this thing is over or when businesses and the economy starts to itself back up, we can always um, rely on the community to help us out when, like in our tough times as well. I think it's important to become more of a figure as a robotics team in the community and recognizable by local businesses because that that would really really um, increase your chances of getting a sponsorship and that's what i feel like a lot of teams um, don't realize there's the benefit of outreach is it puts your name out there in the community and lets you get more sponsorships you know i just got an idea from you saying that we're producing ppe but we've been just uh giving it to a distributor um one of our friends runs an organization called hack the pandemic so we've been giving it to him so he can distribute it to first-line workers. But in addition to that, we could probably print some PPE and just donate it to you know local businesses. Yeah, and you know it'll they'll be more likely to give us sponsorships in the future. Yeah, oh, you want to make a name we, for yourself. Yeah, we can add logos or our team logos to that. Yeah, ideas everywhere. So, how do you operate during this off season? So, like uh, previously mentioned, we have outreach events like STEM Skills Week to, um, uh, like previously touched on this um, quite heavily, I do think, uh, that we're trying to, like, get more, become more of a part of the community and, like, more outreach and really um, be with everybody around us through STEM. Besides that, uh, we're also... Uh, working on recruitment flyers like i know it's just oh it's just a flyer but a flyer really can do a lot like posting them on social media uh posting them around town if we have to really does get the name out and it really does help us operate as a robotics team because it gives us something to do and something to look forward to and lastly we're also working on social media expansion because before this whole uh, uh quarantine one major weak point of our team was social media. Our social media was just random pictures of what we were doing. And, uh, like, it was fun, but it wasn't really, um, how should I say, 
active or energetic. Okay, that yeah. was really helpful. So yeah. we're working on gearing our social media more towards um, a page that we're trying to create, like basically establishing a robotics team as part of the community and making our social media accessible so that people know what we're doing and so that we can communicate with everybody around us. Yes, basically, we're just trying to get our social media because we're trying to get it to show people what STEM really is and like what you would do if you joined our team. I mean, personally, I kind of like the fun field, the fun feel that our, that our social yeah, media has. Yeah, that's we're changing, but we're just trying to oh, like more diversify the multiple. More. Right, so yeah. like we only have an Instagram right now. So right now we're trying to branch out to like Facebook and Twitter. Would you guys say your social media is a way of recruitment and um, attracting sponsorships, perhaps? Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Definitely. It's a way for people to, like, uh, get to know us and to see us. Like, for example, uh, going back to Spun Skills Week again, that's been quite a big, big deal. Um, one of, uh, a few of the members of Spun Skills Week were part of an Arizona team that uh, saw uh, like that checked out our Instagram and saw that we were doing this event. So this whole social media experience that we're trying to create is really useful for getting people interested in us. And hopefully within our community, we can garner, garner some interest in joining our team. I feel like it clears up a lot of stereotypes about first two, because one of the most common questions I get when I tell people I'm in a robotics team, is it like, oh, is it that bat is that battle bots or something like that? That's like oh, yes. the funniest question I get. And also a lot of people have a stereotype that robotics is really boring, but um social media really helps show that it can be enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. And people are just thinking like, oh, you're just a bunch of nerds in a basement. Yeah. And doing robotics all day. But that's only half of what we're doing. Yeah. There's still much more. Yeah, but off season's really productive though, and we do get a lot done. Uh have you guys did you guys enter the uh on shape challenge? Yeah, we did enter the on shape challenge. What was your robot about? Our robot was all about trying to get all the trash off beaches so that they don't go and pollute the ocean. The robot that would sift through the sand. Wait. Oh, okay. So, so, uh, man, I wish we met you guys earlier. We could have that's, alliance. That's really close to ours, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah we have an underwater robot that um, sifts through uh, fragile aquatic ecosystems like coral oh, reefs for microplastics. So we actually alliance with another team that was sifting through sand as well. Where did you rank? Uh, we ranked uh, top fifty. Uh, yeah. That's no good. money, unfortunately. That's really good. Yeah. Thanks. What did you guys do? I do not remember. We ranked like 75th, I believe. Yeah, 75th. Nice. Yeah, something around that. Good. I mean, but the, the entries are surprisingly competitive, and I was, I was pretty happy yeah. about that. Like, there was some really good robots there. No, for sure. We took it as an opportunity to teach our um, younger members CAD. So we let the younger members primarily take over that project. Cool. And that was, that's what it was really good for. So thank you, Rebel Robotics, for joining our podcast. We wish you the best on your season. And thank you for tuning in. We will see you all next time. <laughs>